Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and it's Super Show Friday, hosted by the Draft Dudes Podcast. We've got Trevor Sykema and John Ledger from the fantastic podcast, Locked On NFL Draft. Welcome to the show, guys. Well, I like like that. I like that because normally when we do our show, John always says his name first. So my name got to go first that time. So that was good. I did that on purpose. I wanted you to feel important, Trevor. We actually wondered at a time, Trevor and I wondered if people ever, because I don't say which one of us is which, we wondered if people knew that I was John and he was Trevor, and maybe they've been Wait, you're John? (laughs) I thought you were Trevor. I was hoping people in the comments would just go after John for my outrageous takes. So the only way I could think to indicate who's who is, other than to just like blatantly point it out in an awkward fashion, is to say my name first, but... Maybe that's selfish so that, of me. That's John, the one who talks about everything Florida is Trevor. Everybody loves <laughs> Kyle, and obviously I'm Joe. So just, just for the people who may not have known that information, we're going to wrap up our series that we've been uh, doing for the last three weeks on uh, second or third-year players on the teams in the AFC and NFC West that need to have good seasons or breakout seasons to affirm what we thought about them throughout the draft process. So these are some guys that maybe haven't uh, lived up to the expectations or where we thought they would be, but this is a defining year potentially for their career, but most importantly for our brands, because we need to hit on as much stuff as we can, because we know you like to let us know when we're wrong. So uh, we're going to, re- I guess we're going to take this next uh, 20, 30 minutes and remind everyone of the players that uh, we need need to uh, look good so that we don't look bad. I think it's very uh, cute that this thing, you think this thing's going to last 20 to 30 minutes. Well, (laughs) that's adorable. We we control our own destiny. So let's see if we can do it. Um, We'll start with the AFC and um, hopefully everyone has their picks ready because we're starting (laughs) with the Denver Broncos. And so I, 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 I'm, I can't stall any further. I'm going to go to John because I think he's going to be able to come through <laughs> with his pick right away here. So what, what do we got? John? I just got tossed right under the bus. Well, everybody's performed pretty well. Honestly, I was actually on the Broncos. So this worked out very nicely. Everybody's performed pretty well for the Broncos that I kind of had indicated that I liked pre-draft. So I'll go with a guy that I I did like a lot, and last year was kind of average, which I expect him to be. And Garrett Bowles, the left tackle, I, I had a first round grade on Garrett Bowles. I thought last year he was pretty average. I kind of knew it would take a little bit longer for him. He was one of those upside guys that I said I was kind of taking a chance on in my first round grades because I thought his traits and his tools were really good, and his demeanor was what he wanted to, and he had the size and just kind of everything that I was looking for. Just wanted to take a chance on a guy like that uh, every time, and I think. Hopefully he takes a big leap this year. That's what I need to have happen. No, it's too early to say anybody's been disappointed by him, I think, at this point. But certainly the expectation should be that he'll be better than he was a year ago for Denver. So Garrett Bowles is the guy I'm going with. Trevor, who do we have? Uh, Mine's a guy. It's a little bit different. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Demarcus Walker because 
I actually wasn't too high on Demarcus Walker because a lot of people thought that he was going to be more of an edge player. I thought he was more of a linear guy that was inside. So I'm looking at him from the vantage point that I had going into the draft and how I saw him as a prospect, how, again, I'm going to see him in his second year, try to, um, I, I guess I'd find his way on this, on this Broncos front, where exactly they're going to play him. Obviously they just drafted Bradley Chubb as well. They have Von Miller as their two edge guys. And so what happens with Demarcus Walker, where does he end up? Where does he end up getting playing time with them and really where he succeeds and kind of the way that he might succeed in the NFL will go a long way. At least I don't know about success or failure, but at least tell me or give me a hint to how I scouted him. Um, and if that, that was correct. And so I'm going to be keeping my eye on him for that reason. What a bizarre pick. Yeah, Walker is going to be an interest. He was right. He was very high pick and kind of out of position. So he's yeah. going to be a case study, right? I mean, so. we're going to learn things. Uh, yep. See how he, uh, how he unfolds. Kyle, I got a feeling you're going to talk about a tight end. Yeah. I like, big butts and i cannot lie boys <laughs> first of all you know joe kind of skipped over me in the intro so since we're talking about the broncos i would like to point out that i'm having the time of my life talking with you guys on this podcast <laughs> much like vance joseph on uh, monday night <laughs> week ones every season he's been a head coach but jake butt jake butt unfortunate injury that he suffered in the bowl game towards acl which kind of ruined his rookie season uh, but Butt was a guy that I, I really, really liked coming out. Pretty much the entire Broncos tight end group in general is my brand, like Jeff Hireman being another guy. He was drafted in the third round of 2015. Thought he was really athletic. Ohio State, as they always do, just refused to throw him the football. But you have a guy in Jake Butt who I thought was really pro-ready. I thought from an inline perspective, kind of being a guy that, that can – work through traffic and is effective using his body as a quote unquote power forward type receiver and, and using his body to shield the football. And he was just that reliable pass catcher, which was really, really impressive to have at Michigan because they absolutely needed somebody with the quarterbacks that they've been trotting out there throughout the course of uh, butts time there. And, and he earned every single catch that he had and they made him work for a lot of catches. So, but for me, a big, turnaround this year would be potentially rising up into the starting tight end role and and kind of commandeering some middle of the field receptions he's never going to be a volume guy there with Demarius Thomas Emmanuel Sanders Cortland Sutton Deshaun Hamilton all these guys there but if Butt can at least turn into a starting tight end that would be a big hit for me because that's what I thought he could be coming out my guy pains me. I got to mention Carlos Henderson here. He was my uh, 39th overall player mm-hmm. last year in a second round grade. And man, I loved him, right? I loved him coming out. I thought he was everything everyone thought Corey Coleman was going to be. And then he has the injury early in his rookie year. And then like, he's just MIA right now. So I'm not very optimistic. He's going to do anything this year. It's not great, but I, I, I look, I, if somehow Carlos Henderson his career on track. I'd much appreciate that before we close the book on the Denver Broncos. I have a question here for John and Trevor, because Kyle and I have a bet going right now between. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our bets this year is that I think the Cincinnati Bengals will have more wins than the Denver Broncos. So John, Trevor, go on the record. Are you a team Broncos, more wins or team Bengals, more wins? What do you got, Trevor? Uh, uh, I think I think the Broncos. I think the Broncos get more. Sad. Bengals for sure have more wins. 
No! See, there listen. There it is. This is just a continuation of Trevor and I continue to be like-minded individuals. We find it more and more on every single week of this show. We really do. Okay. Yeah. Who <laughs> day? Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's get get flipped on over here. Um, we're going to start with Trevor. So hopefully you have your pick ready. And I'd uh, like to know the player that you need to shine for your brand this year. Uh, my guy's Tano Passanio. Um, I thought that he, I, I was really intrigued with him when he went in his senior bowl. Obviously, uh, anytime, you, you know, we talk about length and size being like ideal for the NFL and bigger is normally better, especially if you're the athlete to do it. But man, he is just so big. Uh, six, seven of a dude. Uh, it's hard to play really any position with that kind of a size because you know normally if you're talking about a guy that big you're talking about a trench player then you're talking about leverage so you're talking about a lot of different technique and flexibility that's that's required for it and um i kind of believed in him i believed in him after that senior bowl when i saw him there and i saw the flash that he had goes to kansas city i thought that was a weird fit for him because kansas city i was like well He's not going to be hands in the ground in a lot. I think he's going to be a, I think they're going to make him more of a stand up dude. Cause they weren't going to make him a, I didn't think a defensive end in that system. And so that appears to be what they're doing more for him this year. Apparently he's supposed to get more of a feature role uh, as a pass rusher and even as a full-time player. And so I was decently high at Tano. And so that's the dude who I'm watching. Kyle, what do we have here for the chiefs? Yeah, this is a weird team for me because as I look through a lot of the, the players that they have that are fairly young players, like, They've all either performed expectations or I didn't like them. So uh, Tano would be one for me that I didn't have him rated as a second round player, which is where he was drafted. But I really, really loved his game. And for him being from Villanova, I, I had a chance to see him firsthand a couple times at college and uh, really, really liked the traits that he had and then he comes to the senior bowl and he's got that really nasty inside move that he he hit once or twice and showed some ability to kind of turn the corner with some bend and i got pretty excited about his game you know you put the asterisk next to him and say yeah you know small school kid pretty raw with his hands so your expectations aren't super high but like Tano was a guy that I, I really really loved even more than what his final evaluation said about him so i would i would side with trevor on that anybody different john uh, yeah, for me, Chris Conley, uh, the wide receiver from Georgia, I really liked him coming out. He ended up being a third-round pick. I think I had a second-round pick on him. And he's technically a fourth-year guy, but he got hurt uh, last year. So uh, I think he was on his way. They thought he was on his way in Kansas City. He knew there was going to be some development curve, but you know, just a kind of big-bodied receiver with great athletic traits and high-character guy and the kind of guy you want to bet on. And so I'd like to see him take the next step. I know that's a crowded room right now, Tyree Kill and, and Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson's had his flashes there. And so I think he's going to obviously make the team, but I think that, uh, you know, him being able to work into a wide receiver three role and uh, make an impact for that team, I think it's going to be a big, big help to me in my evaluations moving forward. Hey, real quick, John, have, uh, where'd Demarcus go Robinson go to, where, where did Demarcus Robinson go to school? Uh, Florida. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. The Florida Gators, but he hasn't done anything <laughs> okay, yet. Okay, We've got a Gator. That seems important. <laughs> Gators reference uh, fulfilled. You just had to get it in, Joe. It, it's important. Uh, I have Tano Payson for the same reasons that uh, Trevor and Kyle articulated. So we are going to move on now to the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, our roster here with a lot of interesting young talent. So I'm anxious to hear who you guys think 
uh, needs to shine for your brands. Uh, let's start with Kyle this time. Joe just hit sim to end on that whole team. <laughs> he said, nah, we ain't doing this again. Uh, as I look at the Chargers, I like this team. I think the obvious answer here is that we need to give a little bit of love to our boy Forrest Lamp, right? Lamp was hurt last year, second round pick, didn't get a chance to play. I love Lamp. I like big butts, and I love Lamp. That's the theme of the show so far. (laughs) Sounds like a title for an episode. (laughs) Holy cow, we might have to use that. But uh, I had a chance to interview Forrest Lamp at the Senior Bowl and was really impressed with the conversations that you had with him talking about what his experiences were like at Western Kentucky and the the opportunity that they had to play Alabama and experience playing left tackle and that versus being – an interior offensive lineman, which is where he was kind of pegged as. And uh, he was a butt kicker. He reminded me of Joel um, Austin Corbett from Nevada, who was drafted uh, in the early second round this year. I valued both of those guys in the same range. And, and my comp for Corbett was Forrest Lamb. And uh, we'll get a chance to see Forrest comp. Lamb back on the field this year. I'm real excited for that. That's a good comp. John, what do we got? Man, it, I'm the only dude, literally, I looked at the whole roster, the only dude that really stands out. To, I mean, I guess I could say Mike Williams, but he was hurt some last year, and he's not been bad, so it feels kind of like a cop-out. But, I, I mean, I do need Mike Williams to do well. But can I say Cardell Jones, QB3? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to. Was he a QB3? Oh, <laughs> uh, he uh, – well, actually, I meant he's QB3 on the Chargers, but he was oh, okay. High. I was Trevor's about was, to have an no, he, was, he was my QB3, <laughs> so though. That's excited. That's accurate. He was my QB3 as well. I had Cardell Jones over Carson Wentz. So that is one of my big draft oh, mistakes that I am quite <laughs> open about uh, and have been over the years. Just wrote about it recently, so you can tell Trevor doesn't read my articles. But, uh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> never. I uh, listen enough every day, dude. I don't got to read your words, too. I don't blame you whatsoever. Uh to me, Cardell, I didn't think the accuracy issues were quite as bad in college as other people did, but it turns out they were pretty bad. Uh, I had a second-round grade on Cardell, so I wasn't like in love with him, but I did think he could develop into a good starting quarterback, and that hasn't happened at all. Um, and so, man, I'm just hoping he makes a team, keeps his career alive. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Geno Smith and Cardell Jones, the backups behind Phil Rivers. Uh, for me, I got Dan Feeney. Is it my, even my turn? Did I skip anybody? I'm sorry if I did. I mean, Trevor? Did I get the Trevor? Mine would have been Mike Williams, but John already said that that was a cop-out answer, so it's fine. <laughs> no, for me it was, just because. <laughs> oh, okay. How high were you no, on Mike, Mike Williams? Williams. Uh, I, I had Corey Davis wide receiver one, but Mike Williams was wide receiver two. Okay. So, I mean, you know, this it's like you said, though, it's kind mm-hmm. of an obvious because it's a very big year for him. Um, he obviously had the injury that he went through when he was at Clemson. He missed all of his rookie season. And so, you know, this is, this is a big year for him. I think availability wise, I, I mean, if nothing else, like he's just got to make sure that he's on the football field and takes care of his body. And I know some of this stuff is just, you know, freak accident things, but when injuries happen, whether they happen for freak injuries or like freak reasons or not, then you have that tax on your body. It happened. And so, um, it's always tough to get over a multitude of injuries in your career Mike Williams is a really talented outside wide receiver. And so you just, I I want him to be healthy for this entire year. So we can really see what he can do. I got Dan Feeney, uh, guard from Indiana. I had a first round grade on him. Loved him. He's an ass kicker. Um, and, uh, I, he, he got a chance to play some as a rookie and he was up and down, but mostly down. 
Uh, but it's good that he has some experience under his belt, but uh, looking for him to be a really high level starter uh, right away this year. We've seen what uh, Anthony Lynn was able to do with Richie incognito with the bills. And I think him at that left guard spot and getting him uh, moved around a little bit in terms of vertical blocks and trap blocking and stuff. I think uh, he has a great skill set for that role. So I'm anxious to see Dan Feeney have an awesome year this season. Uh, what the, we've got to move on here to the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, very polarizing team here. So let's start with uh, let's start with Trevor this time. Give me your player on the Raiders that you need to show out this year. Well, it would have been Obi Melfonu, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> not, not great. He, he <laughs> not gone. great. So um, I guess I'm gonna I guess I'm just gonna go with Gary and Conley. Uh, I was pretty high on him as a cornerback when he was coming out. Uh, big year for him to really step up and be the guy in the defensive back, not, I, not only just the cornerback spot, but the defensive back spot overall. Um, they need a guy who can be a shutdown and, and be somebody that they depend on in the secondary. Um, and so they're going to need him. They're really going to need him this year. Kyle. Yeah. So I'm looking through this team. First of all, uh, Joe, you'd mentioned Richie Incognito. John, congrats for getting that follow. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Richie yeah, Incognito does follow me on Twitter as well as Brad. He followed the other day. I don't know if he followed anybody else, but apparently he went on a following spree. I don't know if I should be concerned or. Yeah, restraining order. Yeah, watching my six. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I gotta start. I gotta start covering the Big Twelve. I want to get that incognito follow. I guess I don't know. Brad got it before I did. That's right. I guess so. So Raiders, I'm gonna go ahead and take the L right off the bat. This is not as bad of an L as what John took, but I did really like Shalit Calhoun. And John, I was referencing your Cardale Jones uh, L. I was not yeah, referencing yeah. Shalik. I don't want to put words in your mouth and say that you do like Shalik. I, I did, though. I had a or I had an early second round grade on Shalik. Yeah, he's a weird evaluation, wasn't he? Like pretty some good speed and bend, but not the toughest guy. And I think that's kind of what has undone him there. Yeah, he's kind of just got, I mean, you you even watch the the preseason games from this year mm-hmm. and Shalik's getting pushed around. Right. And it's like, come on, man, like. Just no physicality to his game. But I, I did have an early two on Shalik. He was drafted in the third round in 2016. And uh, I thought this was a guy that could be a six to eight sack a year type of guy and, and play, not necessarily be your, your star rusher, but be a complimentary rusher. And it just hasn't gotten off the ground. And uh, with the the other pass rushers that they have here with Tank Carradine and Bruce Irvin and Arden Key, who's another guy that I'm going to be riding real a lot of my stocks really going to be on how Arden Key does. I really, really like Arden Key. Um, Shalik's kind of buried on the depth chart here, and I don't even know if he's going to make the team. Yeah, it's a long shot, I think. John, my boy. You know, I mean, Gary Conley was a top 10 player for me, so I definitely have to note that one. And he's looked great since he's played this season, but obviously missed most of last season. So we'll see what happens there. The other guy, I'm just going to mention Carl Joseph, and not that he's been bad, but I had Carl Joseph as like I think a top 15 20 player for me like I thought he would be a real game changer and I just don't think he's been it's what they drafted him to be and he doesn't get criticized at all he's probably one of the least discussed first round picks since he came to league. has and he know, not been good I feel like I've much only help, read like he, oh he's been okay yeah that's right that's what it's been you know so I feel like no one's really criticized him although he should be better than what he but he hasn't been impactful like he hasn't created splash huh. plays okay when I watched him in college I thought this is a guy that's going to create splash plays force fumbles big hits 
you know, run defense, run in the alley, you know, making explosive tackles for loss, interceptions. That's what I thought of him. I thought range, I thought instincts, ball skills. Um, you know, we big can't really hit anymore. So yeah, know. that's true. That's not his fault. That's just the league's <laughs> fault. <laughs> but I, helps. I just don't know that he's become kind of what I envisioned him being, and that's you just you know yeah. So I just I'm hoping that this year, third season, he takes like a big leap and becomes an impact guy and and one of the better safeties in the league because right now I think he's fine. Like he's a good starter, but like I wanted I wanted to hope that he would be more than he is. I have uh, Gary and Conley as well here. He's a top 20 player for me in the 17 class. He basically lost his entire uh, rookie season to that shin injury. And so hopefully he's healthy and ready to go this season because he has every number one cornerback. He can win in every technique. And, uh, you know, they need him right now. They've, they're counting on Rashawn Melvin and Sharice Wright. I know they just signed uh, Dominic Rogers Camardi, but uh, you know there's not a lot of youth when you look at this uh, corner group here for the for the Raiders, and so for him to emerge, be that number one guy, like I think he can. Something that we need to see, and you know I know I think all of us really like Conley coming out, so I'd like to see that happen for the brand. Shall we switch over to the NFC, gentlemen? We shall. Yes. Okay, Trevor, I'm going to give you the first crack at the Seattle Seahawks, and the reason for that being is they have an interior defensive lineman that I know is of great interest to you. Um, of course, talking about Puna Ford. <laughs> <laughs> One of Trevor's favorites. Puna Ford would not have been my pick. Um, <laughs> I seemed, I, I seemed to at the senior bowl when you guys were, you guys were pumping up Puna Ford so much. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. So, uh, he's excelling. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, the way. what'd you say? He's playing very well in Seattle right now. You know, preseason. I'll just Very take true. every excuse I can get Fair. at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deep here, um, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say wide receiver Demorier Stringfellow. And I don't even know if Stringfellow is gonna make team, but wow. you did love him. I forgot about this. I loved Demorier Stringfellow. I really did. Didn't and you run I like don't... a four nine, dude? He's <laughs> a freak. Oh, he's, not, he's am I thinking of somebody freak. else? What did he run? No, he, no, he did not run a four nine. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else then. He uh, he had to do his his own private pro day though, um, oh, okay. because of Inflate something. Numbers. I can't remember. I can't remember what happened that he didn't get invited to the combine. But it was like years and years ago, oh, yeah, yeah, and they still didn't invite him to the combine. I can't remember what happened. But he had his pro day. He ran in like po- like Pokemon Pikachu shorts, which was just you know to add to me loving the dude. Um, I don't. I thought he obviously a bigger dude, very athletic guy. I thought he had pretty good production when they actually threw him with the ball at Old Miss. Um, he had a couple of flashes with with where was he Miami before, right? Did he? T- did yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he had a I, great preseason I, in Miami. I was gonna say, did I only get to see the highlights because it seemed like the preseason last year, Stringfellow was great, but uh, now he's in Seattle. Their wide receiver group is all over the place, and I'm looking on the roster. I mean, they have Brandon Marshall, who's ancient at this point, but they don't even have anybody else close to the mold that Stringfellow is. So be nice if you made the roster for my brand. But, um, yeah, there we are. John. Uh, A couple guys I could go with here. Tedrick Thompson's who I'm going to go with. I had a second-round grade, late second-round grade on Tedrick Thompson. He did not test well, but I loved his ball skills and instincts on tape. Last year, obviously, he didn't get to play a ton, but right now with Earl Thomas' situation, no Cam Chancellor, 
looking more likely that he'll see the field. Uh, so how do those limitations show up? Is he able to make those big splash plays uh, that he once did? He was a guy that I liked and not really many people, other people did. So him looking good would be nice for the brand, I think, and hopefully he gets to start in Seattle this season. Joe? I drank the Nick Vanek Kool-Aid pretty hard uh, oh coming my. out in 2016. He was a third-round <laughs> pick for the for the Seahawks. I had him. Well, this is – well, I don't know where this is headed. I had a second-round grade on him. He was a 59th player on my board. I, you know, I thought he was a total pack. Well, because he well, was I a third-round pick, I thought pick, he was right? a total package, man. Uh, he was a third-round pick. He hasn't really done anything, but he's the starter because right now his backups, Will Disley, who has no receiving ability, and Tyrone Swoops, who's a friggin' quarterback. So Zick, Nick Vanitz, the guy there at tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle's I he had, roster you know, is so weird, They man. just, like, let guys go and don't it's even so replace them. <laughs> They're like, ah, we got Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He, Russ deserves a lot more, but I thought Vanit had a lot of the physical traits that we saw in Rob Gronkowski. Not necessarily that it's a comparison or anything like that, but in terms of being physical at the catch point, being able to block and those types of things, thought he can kind of be that power forward type tight end. So anxious to see him hopefully emerge this year for me. Marino says Nick Vanette is the next Rob Gronkowski. That's all I heard. Yeah. Roto World uh, NFL Draft. Yeah. Marino likens yeah. Vanette yeah. to Gronkowski. What a headline. Go ahead and put it in the headline. <laughs> My guy is Nas Jones. And Nas didn't have a bad year last year for the Seahawks. He was a third round pick. Uh, it'll be big for them to get some production out of a defensive tackle out of the draft class with uh, the Malik McDowell situation. So to have a guy like Nas Jones that's, that's going to be able to step in and ensure that they do have some young blood there that's able to perform well, uh, I, I think is really key. And I really like Nas for what he was able to do in a penetration role. Uh, I thought he got off the field really well for a big guy at UNC. And I just want to see him solidify his standing as a starter. Uh, he was more, he wasn't featured last year. I think I'd put it that way. So, uh, Nas stepping into a starting role, looking like he's going to have that role. Now just lock it down because I would be more than happy to claim a win on Nas uh, taking that starting role and performing as, as a solid piece of that defensive front. Do Let's I get to claim a win? Can I, can I ask if I can claim a win on Tyler Lockett now that he got his second contract? I mean, how no. weird is that? Dude has done, <laughs> no. like, he had a good rookie season, then has done nothing for, like, two years. Just been a very average kind of guy. You know, no one's even paid attention. He scored, like, one touchdown in the last two years. And now they just give him a contract extension? I was like, okay. Ten million a year. It, but, <laughs> like, yeah. I would not count that as a, a win for me. Ten million a year for 600 receiving yards and three touchdowns a year. That's, if that. Uh, I mean, no, those, that's literally his averages. He has nine touchdowns and, like, 1,800 receiving yards in three years. I don't, I don't know. And six of those touchdowns came when he was a rookie. So yeah. Done like nothing. Yeah, he had like two touchdowns last year. I don't I don't get I mean I I like Tyler Lockett. I know he's been banged up and played through some injuries, but you gotta you gotta give him the contract after this year then. You know. So you just like, asked for the win matters. and then talked yourself out of the no, win. Yeah, I was being sarcastic in other words. No, I don't deserve no. a win for Tyler Lockett. John, you're still on the clock, man. We're talking 49ers. 
See, I was hoping you would move through these Our Lads depth charts in like some type of order so I could have an idea which team you were going to next. <laughs> Joe did. Or you could just be prepared for the show ahead oh, of time. Did you have your players? I got it. <laughs> can I tag him in? Can I tag him in? You can go, go ahead, ahead, Trevor. Go ahead, Trevor. Jump Bail in. Out. I know who All I'm right. picking, but go. All right. I, I was going to say, I'll buy you a little time. Um, I'm going to pick Solomon Thomas for <laughs> the same my guy. <laughs> it's purposely. Um, <laughs> for the same reasons that I talked about DeMarcus Walker, actually now it's a little bit of a different situation, but I was somebody who going into the draft said Solomon Thomas, Thomas wins at his best when he plays inside, or at least that's what I saw. That's the kind of player that I saw. And obviously him weighing what he did. I can't remember what he weighed at the combine, but it was, just, it was not yet. Yeah, it was it, like, it was not defensive tackle worthy. And so people were like, okay, well he has to play edge all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't trust him to win enough on the edge. And so now, I mean, John put up a clip on Twitter not too long ago of them putting him inside on a pass rush rep was, I assume that was a third down situation, yes, right, John? Third and five. But they put him inside. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think they're giving him more looks inside this year, but it's kind of just, it, it's the same. I was high on what Solomon Thomas could do, but I was thinking like, it's gotta be from the inside. If he is going to live up to where he's going to get drafted, I just feel like it's gotta be as an inside presence. And so with his weight at it is what it is. Again, he's kind of a case study for me of wondering, okay, I really like what this guy can do from the inside, but his weight is not where, what it needs to be. So if he could, like, if he is just stagnant on the edge or, can't be a full-time inside the guy, then that's something that I'm going to have to go back to and, and think about with my process as I go through tape, even though I might really like a guy, I have to, I'd have to weigh that a little bit more. And so him like Walker, very much case study for me this year. That's an interesting point about Thomas because no, I think he, I mean, he was used as an inside rusher last year too, and he'll be used that way. I don't know that his usage will change a whole lot. They're still using him on the edge early downs and stuff like that, but he is a case study because wasn't Solomon Thomas like the ultimate tweener in some ways? Like the I mean, mm-hmm. max athleticism, great size, but like as big as you could be for a tweener, basically as well built as you could be for yeah. a tweener, as many flashes as you could have for, you know, he was just kind of the ultimate high, like inside outside type of guy. But where could he find like a full time home type of thing as his ceiling? You know, to me, his ceiling was better than, you know, you think of Michael Bennett as the guy that all inside outside defensive linemen get compared to. I thought he had a higher ceiling just because he was such a better athlete. So that's kind of a high bar to set, I think. Uh, you know, I think Bennett's had a very good career. I don't know if I'd say elite career, but I thought Thomas could have an elite career. And so it is interesting because, yeah, I think he's going to be way better as an inside pass rusher this year on long and late downs. But also he has to be able to win off the edge on early downs. He can't be totally ineffective. And he's a good run defender right now all the way around. But, again, you can't kick him inside as a run defender on early downs because you know, even at Stanford that was an issue for him, you know, getting off blocks and double teams and stuff like that. He had lots of issues with that. So in the NFL it's just going to be even more of an issue. So he is a very interesting case study and probably one of the players out of the whole league I'll be watching most close to the season. I'll go with Josh Garnett, though, just to be different. I had a first-round grade on Josh Garnett. He was – pretty average to below average as a rookie kind of struggled there were some good moments there were some great blocks i know they were on highlight reels and then the consistency especially in pass protection was definitely an issue then missed all of last season they thought about what to do with him in the offseason he could have probably come back last year they were like you know what new coaching staff new regime change your body see if you can drop 20 pounds 25 pounds you get in and get in shape to be able to run outside zone totally different system than what they were running before 
and he's done it. He's dropped the weight. He still had knee issues at the beginning of camp. They were talking about him getting cut for a while. Now he's locking down the starting role and has played really well in the last couple preseason games. Our boy Ted Wynn over at The Athletic giving him some shout-outs recently said he's been really dominant. So I'm just very excited. I think Josh Garnett in shape has incredible potential. So I'm just very excited to see what happens with his career. They've already resurrected one guard's career in Lakin Tomlinson. Not as big of a resurrection process for Garnett, I don't think, but still a pretty nice one if he can bounce back from what looked like him being on the brink of the roster to a starting spot and at least an above-average start of this season. That would be a big win for me. Shouts to John for a five-minute monologue on Solomon Thomas (laughs) and then going into another play. That's what I'm here for. I was convinced you were done after Solly. Never. And then you took my player. So ditto what you said, Joe. Oh, why did you like Garnett? Yeah, I, I had Garnett. Uh, he was top 30 on my board. Oh, nice. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell us about Akella Witherspoon? Because I know that's exactly where <laughs> you You know, I was going to go Thomas, and then I was going to go Garnett, and now I'm going to go Witherspoon, which is was fate, right, Kyle? Because I've been talking about it for of a year. Of course. Uh, I like Witherspoon. I I hated the one. Th- okay, I got to get out of the way here. When you watch this college tape, he's disgusting in terms of his tackling ability. I mean, just oh, yeah. just horrible. And and so if you can overlook that, which is really difficult, you see a really talented cover guy, a guy that has a lot of length. He has really quick feet for his size. He's sticky in man coverage. Has good zone awareness. And so I was really excited about him in the NFL if he could ever show some more physicality and be willing to you know, defend the D-gap. And so he came in, had a great rookie season. He's now uh, working opposite of Richard Sherman, and they've got a pretty good defense here in, in, in place in San Francisco. And uh, you know, even in their safeties, they got a good nickel back in Kawan Williams. So he fits in really well with the secondary, and I'm, I'm anxious to see him continue his, his trajectory and making me look smart. Okay, let's go to the Rams. And, Joe, I'm going to put you right back on the clock. The Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you know, I think the, I think a lot of us are going to say this guy, Josh Reynolds, right? I think he Damn was so, it! Yeah, he was fun coming out of Texas A&M, a catch point monster, uh, really good in terms of his vertical receiving skill set. I had him second-round grade number 44 on my board. I'm nervous about the market share, guys. I mean, we've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, all in the fray here. You know they want to get these tight ends involved. But Farrow uh, Cooper's you know, going to stay on the roster as a return guy. And he I is. heard Mike that Thomas. He is. I think Josh Reynolds is on the bubble, guys. I heard Mike Thomas might beat him out. Oh, let him go somewhere else and be freed. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure Josh Reynolds is on the bubble, and that sucks. But well, then let him man, let him go somewhere. Let him yeah, come to Buffalo. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So Josh. Josh Reynolds, uh, yeah, I don't know if the market share is going to be there, but he's he's a good football player. Had a top fifty grade on him, and uh, would love to see him get an opportunity to uh, get some targets. John, my guy is Tyler Higby, who I had a second round grade on on tape, and then he had that stupid incident like three weeks before the draft, and I thought this guy's such a moron. I gave him an undrafted grade, so if you look up my old big board, he's not even on it. Wow, because <laughs> I was that salty. But I mean. But also, he had like wow. an assault, right? Like he, he was punched bad, some dude. dude. It was bad. I don't even remember the details. I don't want to like misquote it because I, it's been a long time since I read about. It, but it was just bad, and like I was just like, man, it was there was racial things involved. It was just a mess, and I was like, this, I'm not caving for this dude whatsoever. So I just took him off my board on the field. I, you know, it seems like there hasn't been any incident since then. So hopefully he's turned his life around to some degree, but. Uh, on the field, you know, it seems like I was, I really liked everything he brought to the table. He's been pretty good for the Rams, kind of quietly, you know, developed into a good blocker, a guy they actually trusted a lot last season. But 
hasn't made like an explosive type of impact yet so I guess I'm just looking for if he's got another level to his game maybe it happens this season but uh, he would be one guy I'll have my eye on from the Rams this year Trevor yeah I mean mine's mine's Josh Reynolds I mean I'm, I'm looking around this roster and I wasn't caping for anybody nearly as hard as I was for him and so uh it's it, it's kind of a lot of the things that that Joe said I mean and what John was said too like I'm, I'm worried that he's not even gonna make the team I wondered if he wouldn't have last year too with all the um with all the kind of much that they had at wide receiver you didn't know who was going to come out on top and I just got to say that it, it Nothing against Cooper Cup, but it super pisses me off that Cooper Cup's having the success Reynolds is because remember during the Senior Bowl when everybody talked about like Cooper Cup was having like one of the best yes. Senior Bowls like of all time, and I'm like, yo, it, like NFL Network could not shut up about Cooper Cup having like the, one of the best Senior Bowls that they've ever seen, and John was every single day at the Senior Bowl, yeah. and yet here we are, Cooper has a starting spot yeah. with the Rams. So now everybody thinks Reynolds. we were wrong about that, but we were right about the senior bowl. I just wasn't yes. wrong about it. Just the wrong about stand. Reynolds. <laughs> just wrong about Reynolds overall. I think I had Reynolds and Zay Jones over Juju Smith-Schuster. So that just hurts right now, man. I, and I liked Juju. Yeah. It wasn't like I disliked him. I just thought those two could be better than what they are. I, I am pleased to report that as the fourth person in line, my player's not been taken yet. Nice. I'm talking, of course, about Juan Price. I thought that was going to be your guy. I had him 81st on my big board. Wow. And Juan Price is apparently very scary for NFL teams because he was under 5'11". But Juan Price, aside from the fact that he wore those glorious short pants in Pittsburgh <laughs> that didn't even cover his kneecaps yes. at all. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Juan Price was... No, scouting scouting is in the details, folks. He was wearing compression shorts. He was playing football in compression (laughs) shorts. I mean, Juan Price was a super productive player at Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. He started 35 games. He had 53 tackles for loss and 29 and a half sacks in his career. He was 5'11", 246, ran a subpar 40-yard dash, but had an above-average 10-yard split time and an above-average standing broad. So, oh, and he's 5'11", but he had 32-inch arms. So his length was technically fine. Watched Juan Price, and I said, yeah, you know what? This guy's non-traditional, but I think this guy can ball. And lo and behold, if you look very closely at the L.A. Rams roster, you'll find they have absolutely zero outside pass rushers on their roster. So Juan Price has an opportunity as an outside pass rusher to make an impact. And he was a seventh round pick in 2017. But the guys in front of him are Samson Ekibom, Matt Lauder, and that's it. Let's go. I'll take Juan Price. Let, let's get him on the field. He's got three studs on the interior, Brocker, Sue, and Donald. Have you uh, seen him Donald in the preseason beat. at all? Has he played? Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch a lot of the Rams. I haven't seen him either. So that may be something I do my homework with now that we've had this conversation and go back and check out some Rams uh, games. Yeah. I know I've certainly seen what John Kelly is doing on the offensive side of the ball <laughs> I guess. for them, which he's just been wrecking dudes. But I haven't had a chance to like really sit down and dig deep into Rams tape. But uh, Juan Price would be my guy. We're going to finish with the Cardinals. Trevor, I'm going to give you first crack. We'll go John. We'll go Joe. We'll go me, and then we will wrap up this show. 
I I know he's not a second year guy. He's a third year guy, but I mean it it's got to be Robert and Kim Dichi for me just because I was I was so I would I was so high on what he could do athletically and strength wise on the interior. And he just looks hella lost like it's still and that's not good for the brand as you guys would say. So, I mean, he's my pick. For me, it's uh, DJ Humphreys, fourth-year guy as well. Uh, wait, yeah, fourth-year guy. Kim Dietschy's a third-year guy. I think you're okay, Trevor. But Humphreys, for me, Gator great. Like, I thought he had, I was going to say, I was, I was, you know I was going to ask. I know, I knew you were, yeah. School. And I loved him coming out. I had a first-round grade on him, and he's been hurt, and he's not there really made go. the progress you hoped he would, and there's been flashes, and everybody's seen you know, it's, his, it's his year, and I've been on last year. I was like, it's his year, man. I watched him in preseason. I was like, he's ready. He's ready. And then he got hurt. He wasn't very good. And then he got hurt again. And it was just like, man, this guy can't stay healthy. And like, everybody's like pumped about him. this obviously like, he's about to establish this is the year. I'm like, I can't, I can't believe yet. And then I watched him get turned inside out by who they play. Was it was Randy Gregory. They play the Cowboys. I think they play the Cowboys this past yeah. week in preseason. Yeah. He got wrecked by Gregory on one rush. And I was just like, here we go again. So, I mean, they need him to be really good. I mean, he and you know, Ayapati said injuries and is not the same player and decline. Now they got a rookie at center. And Justin Pugh comes over. That'll be nice for them. He's a solid starter. But Andre Smith, the right tackle, just got absolutely taken to school by Demarcus Lawrence the other day. So it is a mess outside of DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh. If Humphreys can be the guy they want him to be, they need him to step up. He's not horrible, but he's definitely not been worth the first round ability and the first round uh, pick that they use on him. So. He's got to play up to that value, and this might be his final chance at doing that in Arizona. Greg Little still in the NFL? He's on <laughs> he this got, roster. He was. Yep. He, he was, dropped he a couple a passes. Year off. Yeah. So he they called him last year and invited him to camp, and he said, "I'm not in shape," and he didn't go to camp. And he spent the last yeah, the same. Next, 12 months yeah no kidding yeah me too yeah um, john next time you call me for the podcast i'm just gonna tell you i'm not in shape but they said he, they said he like said i'm not in shape and hung up the phone on him and then spent the next 12 months like working out like religiously and got back in shape i feel like he's always I think looked I, pretty jacked like he's always looked the part right right uh I'm yeah like i had no idea he in 2011 that's so weird yeah. Getting played since 2015. Uh, so I had to pick uh, the Raiders, or excuse me, the, the Cardinals. Hassan Reddick for me. Hassan Reddick for yeah. me, guys. Uh, he had a first-round grade on him. I was really excited about him transitioning to that off-ball role, and he got moved around a ton last year. Really didn't make much of an impact, but now he's uh, part of this defense where I think it's more. It's going to be more 4-3, and he'll be more of a true off-ball linebacker, which I think suits his skill set under uh, Al Holcomb there, the defensive coordinator. So looking for him to uh, really emerge and be that second-level defender. I thought he could be after seeing him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl and, and thinking about his traits and how well they translated to the off-ball role. So looking for it all to come together here in year two for Reddick. Yeah, Reddick, it felt like they kind of got boxed in when they had some of the injuries at edge, and they just started playing him on the edge just because they needed guys out there. And it was like, well, this isn't why you took him. That's literally exactly what happened. It's so stupid. You're already transitioning to a new position. Why would you stymie that growth process? Yeah, because Golden went down. Coaches. (laughs) (laughs) My guy was Hassan Reddick. Thanks for stealing my Thunder Joe. But totally agree with everything you said. Like the the fact that you're going to get him off and you're going to let him play at Sam. You know, this guy that had former experience as a defensive back when he came onto Temple and then bulked himself up to be a guy that they they had playing as pass rusher. Uh, 
playing him at Sam where he's going to be tasked with, you know, getting into the bodies of tight ends and turning and running down the field. Like I really like that fit a lot. And I think that he will be able to shine in that role for the Arizona Cardinals. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Draft Network Super Show, our second rendition of this show here on the Draft Dudes podcast. These take place every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe to both Locked On NFL Draft, where John Leiter and Trevor Sikama hold down the fort, and here on Draft Dudes, follow along with both of us. So it doesn't matter what Friday of month it is, you're always going to catch us if you follow both of those shows. Also, make sure you carve out some time. Swing over to the Draft Network. We've had an awesome week of content this week. We put out a ton of great stuff. We're doing big boards this week. We did top 10 positional rankings. Joe put out a mock crap. I mean, anything and everything that you could possibly be looking for. Uh, we are trying to get it all out there as we celebrate the kickoff of the college football season this year. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Trevor is at Tampa Bay Dre. Uh, John is at Ledyard NFL Draft. Joe is at the Joe Marino, and I am at Grinding the Tape. And this is the TDN Super Show on Draft Dudes, and we will catch up with you all again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.